up here actually and the sun is directly shining on this new nuke of bees that the guys from the place where I bought the package of Italian bees they've given me a new load of bees to sort of make up for that failed queen oh, and um, I know anyway it's in a polystyrene box and there's four mm -hmm. frames of bees so I've got to take them out of the box and then put them into a new wooden brood box right so that's the the wooden hive and it's it's a big box and that's where the nest of bees live and then sometimes you'll see the honey box or the super and that goes on top remember with the queen excluder yes to stop yes. the queen from going up and laying the eggs in the honey yeah but we're going to be just starting with a an empty wooden box which is all cleaned it's had the the full blowtorch treatment, treatment on it yeah yeah mm -hmm. and i've got two empty frames at each side and i'm going to put the four frames inside the middle of the brood box right okay now yes. there's always a bit of drama jane and you'll, you'll i'm going to tell you what it is is that when i um got these bees the other night they were quite angry and uh, <laughs> they actually chased me off the plot and i got stung Ooh. on my leg <laughs> Oh no! Well, at least it wasn't the usual spot where you were stung. <laughs> it wasn't on the usual spot, but it was mm. close. Yes. Um, so I'm going to put plenty of smoke in to calm them down, and let's see what happens. Can I just so, ask um, do, where, yeah. where are the origins? Where they're from? So these bees are from Stoke Newington, oh. and they've got a Buckfast Queen, which is a very common queen in this area of, of London with beekeepers. Buckfast queens, they're from these uh, monasteries in South Devon, and the, the monks used to keep Buckfast queens, and they're meant to be very good. So they're a true sort of British-style bee. But you have to be careful, because after they've sort of requeened themselves about five times, they can get quite nasty. Mm. <laughs> So unlike the lovely Scottish Queen that I had, that was very gentle, these ones, they could be a bit more feisty. I've had those sort of bees in the past and in the spring you have to sometimes requeen them or join them with another colony and get rid of their queen. But for now, we're just going to let them get on with it for this summer and we'll just have to watch out and, you know... Uh, so she's a nasty just, queen. Yeah, we'll just have to run away from them if they get really annoying. Do you want to say anything before I go in there, Jane? No, I'm happy to listen. OK, well, wish me luck. Wish you luck, yes, <laughs> with that nasty queen. <laughs> Every day is summer when you spend it here with me. Right, I'm just giving them a bit more smoke. Right, I'm taking the lid off. Oh, actually, there's six frames of bees. Oh. And they're all, most of the flyers are probably out. That's probably why it's a bit quieter. So I'm just giving them a bit more of a puff in the smoke. And I'm just going to start very gently unlocking the frame. So I'm just putting my hive tool in now. Just lifting out the first frame. And they're all on it. There's loads of honey and 
loads of nectar on the other side. Oh, there's even a leaf. We've even got a oh. leaf stuck in there. So I've put the first one in. You can see a little queen cell. So they've already started thinking that they want to go back to Stoke Newington. <laughs> oh, really? They've already started to think, actually, we want to get rid of this queen, so we're laying a queen well, cell. They do like to make these little queen cups. Um, what, just like in case? Just in just case? Just in case, yeah. Oh. Let's have a look. Such a nice word, isn't it? Queen cups. Yeah. Um, some people call them play cups. Oh, it's mm. so lovely. I can't see it. Oh, hold on. Let's have a look. Oh, yeah. I can see little tiny, teeny little lava. So mm. that's good. Oh, they're very calm. Yeah. Not like when they arrived. They've obviously thought, oh, blimey neck. Doing Maybe well. it's better here than Stort Newington. Yeah. Oh, there's lots of capped brood. Mm. They look so good. Oh, a hole. And they've got... Yeah, they've got another little queen cup at the bottom so any eggs um well this frame is absolutely full of capped brood right so, so they've been getting on with yeah, it these are a very established bees yeah. actually you have to be careful when you're putting the frames in and out in case you squash them oh yeah you've got to be so careful the thing is, when, when you get um, any new bees like this, that's why it's always good to have two colonies of bees because if anything goes wrong in the transport, you know, these bees, if you, if you had a little car crash and, you know, the queen was on the edge and she got squashed or anything like that, if you've got another colony, you've always got, like, an insurance policy that you can help out the situation. And that's why we had trouble before, you know, when we only had one colony. But yeah, we're now we're okay. It sounds like there's a very angry bee buzzing around you. Well, they are. I get a bit more of my smoke. But yeah, they this, are. it sounds like there's one in one in particular who's very cross. Yeah. Well, actually, sometimes the drones at this time of year they make quite a lot of noise. They're much louder what you're doing now so now i've finished putting all the frames in mm. now i've moved the box and they're, they're all coming the the ones that have been out and about they're all coming back and they're thinking where the heck has the box gone because oh. they can't work it out they're not that clever can't quite work it out that i've moved the box but now i'm gonna have to lift the box and put it into this place where they were before. That's it. So where are you putting it on top? So now I've moved the box back into, moved the brood box and the proper hive into position mm. where the delivery box was so they don't get confused and they can come home and they'll find their way back. So I'm going to just try and squidge them so they're nice, tightly. Well, in between each frame, there's probably about an inch between each frame and that's 
the size in the natural world where how they would build their frames so it's All important right. that you don't leave those gaps open so they can then just carry along as they would in the natural world yes i'm just putting the lid on now so mm -hmm. the bees can go in and later on i'll come and put um, a smaller hive entrance because they've got quite a big hive entrance at the moment um but because they're only a you know they're not a massive colony they need a smaller hive entrance they're okay for now but in a few weeks when the wasps start coming you need to just make sure that the small colony they've got a nice small entrance okay um and then i'm just gonna let them they've got a new home hope the queen's in there We'll only find out. And that she's she's not the squashed one. <laughs> there was one squashed one I did just flown <laughs> off with. It would just be my luck, it's the bloody queen. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I hope she's not the squashed one. I hope she's not. At least she'd have a name, <laughs> the squashed one. entrance and they're just going in I can see them going in they're just working out where to go really they're all hanging outside yeah they? they're just finding their way they're just thinking flipping heck it was a blue box before it was definitely blue pale blue and now the blue mm -hmm. box is gone and there's a wooden box and we don't really know how to get in can I just ask, do they recognise colour? Yeah. They, they do. They love they love purple flowers and blue flowers. So they would have acknowledged that it was um, a blue box yeah, then? Yeah, they would have recognised that blue box. Right. Yeah. They're looking around, all the ones that are returning, they've all got pollen. Oh. All different colour pollens. I can see bright orange pollen, yellow pollen. Um, How amazing! Yeah, and they've all got it, and but, but because they've just got back, you can see all oh, bit of very cream pollen. They've just got back, and they're thinking, "What is going on? Where's the blue house?" Just imagine, Jane, if you got home and you had, and it wasn't my home anymore. It was, it was a home, and there was a caravan there. It was a caravan, or if it was a completely different style house, the door was still in the same place. But it just was so different. You would be a bit nervous about going in, mm. wouldn't you? Yeah, disorientating. Yeah, yeah, disorientating. So these lot are are all a bit disorientated. But normally, what happens is that a few of them come out and they start fanning the bodies, so the bees know where to go. But they'll probably do that in a minute. They'll get doing that. Mm, is that called something? It's called fanning. So they fan the whole body oh. and that fans the, the scent of the, the queen, the pheromone. It fans her scent and then they'll know that this is their home because they'll smell it. Um, so it'll mm. just take a while for them to to get that going. But, if, so, but the, the queen has to be there if they're fanning her pheromone. She does, yeah. Yeah, so she is amongst them then, isn't she, somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> we hope she is. We hope she is.
Well, if they start fan of you'll know that she is. It's always like every um, beekeeper's thing, you know, they always are just hoping that the queen is there. But you know, it don't matter if she's not there, then they'll make a new queen, just like the other ones did. And Well, like you said, there's already a cell there, a queen cell in there, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, there is a little queen cup actually. So Jane, what yeah. would you like to name this colony? Well, where did they come from again? She's a Bookfast queen and from Devon. And this is this sort of monastery where actually with, with the honey, they make like a mead, like a potent drink, um, which the, the monks used to really enjoy and get drunk on. It's very, very strong. So we could Ooh. call them the Bookfasts, if you like. Let's call them the Bookfast bees. Do you think that's why they were a little bit aggy to start with, because they'd not had any of their uh, their mead? Yeah, maybe they've just not had a glass of uh, the Bookfast brew, and that's probably what <laughs> did it. Yeah, so maybe they're they're desperate to get in to their new newly aligned house to start making their mead again. They are. They'll all be sitting tonight. When we're in bed, they'll be sitting at the little benches with all their miniature drinks. And they'll <laughs> with be, their tankards. They'll be there with the Bookfast <laughs> tankards and they'll be singing a bee song. <laughs> <laughs> the Bookfast bees, the Bookfast bees, they like to dance and shake their knees. The Bookfast bees, the Bookfast bees, they like to fly and feel the breeze. <laughs> That's genius. Do you like it? You're going to be inundated, Esther. Go and work yeah. with the greats. Tom York is already calling. <laughs> the Bookfast are the Bookfast bees to the Italians in, uh, you know, in the location? Well, they're actually two metres apart, so a good social distance. Oh, right, so they're close then, aren't they? They are, Social yeah. distance, obviously, but they are close. Yeah, so, but I don't think they'll be joining them for a glass of the Bookfast brew. Cause... So they won't meet on an odd flight? Well, they could do, actually. They, they could get confused and they might go into each other's hives. We'll have to wait and see. Does that sometimes happen? Yeah, it can happen. It's called drifting, where they drift oh. off into the, the wrong hive. And, you know, that... So one of them might drift, drift off into the Buckfast bees and then become a reprobate might and do. take his reprobate ways back into the Italian hive. It could do. I mean, that's why you have to be careful when you've got disease, because... Um, you know, they might drift and go into each other's hives and that can spread disease. I mean, you don't really want it, but if your apiary is disease-free, it don't really matter at the end of the day. But in our case, at the moment, we're being very astute and careful, so... Yeah. But but anyway, it's, I, I put them on this bit next to each other because it's quite easy if we do need to join them together in the future. At least they're near each other and it won't be too confusing. So that's what I've done for now. Yesterday was Midsummer's Day, as you know. 
And in I the B it was world, Midsummer Murders. Well, actually, it's Midsummer Murders at your hive. <laughs> there were no Midsummer Murders yesterday, but from Midsummer, believe it or not, the bees are preparing for winter. So, and so they just sort of hibernate through the winter, do they? And just kind of like are very, very still and sleeping. No, what they do over the winter, they just they stay alive and they just keep the queen and a few little eggs and a bit of brood, just keep it warm. They're awake, they're still alive, and they're not hibernating. They just they're just very going very very slowly, and sometimes they just very very slow but in the center in the very center is the queen and they're just keeping her as warm as they can over the Ooh. winter and what, um, do they, how do they keep her warm they've got different ways of keeping her warm and the brood so to keep the brood warm they almost press their chests onto the cap of the cell and they sort of vibrate their body and and their wings and they just keep the queen warm again by staying in a sort of ball um, and of course at the centre of that ball it's just a little bit warmer because the queen likes to be about 34 degrees Right and um, why do you need brood in the winter? Well because at this time of year as we know the bees only live for about 34 days and that's when they're going to and fro collecting nectar and pollen but when they're not flying over the winter, they can live for, you know, a good sort of four or five months. So the, mm. the wintering bees, they just live in the hive and they will need to renew a few little bees. So in the midwinter, in the darkest day, there's probably no brood at all. But up until that point and then, and then after that point, there are a few little eggs, a few little... Um, lava that will be raised slowly to just just you know replenish the bees because mm. if it gets really cold the bees on the outside of the ball they might die um you know it might get so cold they do need to just keep replenishing themselves so we've not really discussed the well we haven't discussed the italian bees this week no and i just wondered what was happening with them so last time, we were a little bit unsure, weren't we, whether the killer queen had started laying any eggs because we didn't see any new eggs, um, but we knew we did have that little queen in there and she killed Faith. And then I did check and I saw some eggs. So the, the new little virgin queen obviously went off on her mating flight and mated with mm. the with the the drones and came back and she started laying so there are eggs in there and of course we've still got the other little queen who um is just still in the cage but they're keeping her alive so she's actually in the same hive as the killer queen but in a cage is she, she she's in a cage yeah well what does what does the killer queen think about that well she'll be annoyed you know it's it would be much better if i could find her a home but it doesn't seem to have affected anything and um, the killer queen is actually Good. laying eggs and she's they're all getting on with it. We should be all right. And if not, I'm just going to join it with these newbies so we can unite them together. But oh, yeah. for now, for now, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to hold off and wait and see what happens. But I thought, no, I'm not going to be in a position where if anything goes wrong, 
with just one colony, I'm a bit desperate. You know, I don't want to be sending off the queens through the post. I'd rather just use what I've got. Yeah. And, and when you've got two colonies, you, yes, you're much safer. Yes. And it will we'll be much better from, from here on in now. We've got two colonies. If anything, mm. anything goes wrong at all, we'll be fine. So it's exciting now we've got two. Can you just explain to me um, what you mean by capped honey? Yeah, so what happens is the bees go to the flowers and they've got a long proposco... <laughs> <laughs> they've got a you long... Been on the mead. <laughs> they've got a long tongue that they put down the flower and they suck out the nectar and they take that in their honey stomach. They've got two stomachs, one's to carry the nectar back to the hive. They take that and they feed it to their sisters or they give it to their sisters and then the sisters put it into a little cell in the hive. And that nectar is made of sugar and water and they have to evaporate some of the water off that. And they add their own ingredients from their own bodies into that nectar and that gives the honey flavour. And it's like, yeah. and it's like a soup. They have to sort of reduce that nectar. They reduce it and reduce it by fanning their bodies and getting a temperature in the hive that will start to evaporate the water from the nectar. So they all fan their bodies and they fan the wings to get the correct temperature. That reduces down. That then starts to make honey. And then when it's got the least amount of water in that honey, then they put the little cap on the top and then that and that's a wax cap that's a little wax cap they put on the top and then that Mm. honey is in its own little cell preserved and then when they want to eat it they nibble through the wax cap and then they they can eat it in the winter so it's a bit like um you bottling uh, honey isn't it you know Mm. they, they they do their own bottling don't they they do they've got a little bottling factory in that hive and there they are busy because they've got to take all the water out of it because otherwise it will turn to alcohol and it'll, you know, it, it won't store. It doesn't preserve without the right balance. It's amazing. Mm. I mean, they are amazing, aren't they, bees? They really are. All this honey that, that they put on the frame. So say, for instance, at the moment they're collecting the lime blossom. So on one frame, you'll get lime blossom honey, but on another, say, for instance, you might get borage honey or you might mm. get lilac honey or buddleia or, or, you know, or cherry blossom or whatever they've been on. And each frame in the hive can taste quite different and it can be different colours as well, different shades. I was going to say, does it look, does it, do, is it a different colour? Mm, yeah, it is, yeah. Some of it's very... So like, say, say the buddleia honey, what might that, how might that differ from borage honey yeah. in colour? So... A borage honey is much paler and mm-hmm. a, um, a buddleia, the buddleia, when the buddleia comes out, I used to have a lovely big buddleia tree on my old plot and it was covered in bees. And that honey, that honey is a little bit darker. If you imagine mm-hmm. a buddleia and, you know, if you imagine... I've got one in my garden, which oh, is out and gorgeous at the moment. Oh, lovely. And the scent of that is quite rich and deep, isn't it? It's quite heavy, mm. the scent of that. And actually, the bees find the lime flower, OK? 
So they go back and they say to their sisters, look, we've found a whole tree of lime flowers. You've all got to come. So what they do is they do this waggle dance. It's a special dance that they do inside the hive and it's a series of vibrations that the other bees can stand round and feel in the hive because remember in the hive it's very dark can't actually Mm. see them doing the dance but they vibrate on the comb and Mm. they it's all to do with the alignment of the sun so they move in like a figure of eight and this dance shows them that when they come out of the hive They've got to align themselves with the sun and how many degrees they've got to go is pointing them in the direction of where this lime tree is and the the, 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 the the amount of time they vibrate. So if they vibrate for, say, a second or like 10 seconds could be one kilometer away or one second could be like it's just at the end of the allotment path. You know, so if they waggle and vibrate in one direction, they're saying, come out, go 20 degrees to the right hand side of the sun. Then they'll walk a distance on the comb. And that distance is showing how long they've got to fly for before they find that line. Mm. So what they do is they all come back and they're all doing these waggle dances. So they're showing the other bees the messages about where to find the best forage. And if it's a really fabulous forage, so they say, oh, my God, you won't believe it. On Wolseley Road, there's 25 lime trees and they're all in flower. And they get quite sort of enthusiastic with this waggle dance and they're doing it quite vigorously. And and there might be another bee in the corner that's found some buddleia, but it's only one tree. And it's doing a little dance to show how much buddleia is on this plant because the more they vibrate sometimes if they find a forage that is really abundant they also let off a scent from their bodies which says right then there is so much here girls you've got to smell my body you've got to feel my dance and and my dance is much more important than this little buddleia tree that's in jane's garden because there aren't so many flowers on it and so they might even push off their fellow sisters who are waggling about another flower that's not quite so abundant and and so then they Mm. all might listen and feel for the most abundant nectar flow so then more of them then go to that tree and so yeah then they'll all be going to that tree and then they'll all come back with the same uh, nectar so it's a bit like it's a bit like a bee sat nav isn't it it is, yeah. It's just like a bee sat nav. <laughs> Waggle dance is the bee sat nav. Yeah. And when they take the pollen, you know, they're pollinating as well. So they're doing the plant justice and helping it through its cycle. So they take the pollen back to their colony and then they store it. So when you lift the frame up, like today, I could see all different colours of pollen stuck into the cells next to the nectar and then they take that pollen and they feed that to the babies so it's full of protein pollen is and it's essential for their food right interesting Mm. there's one thing i forgot Mm. to say and about the pollen 
the bees have little baskets on their legs called pollen baskets. So when they go inside the flower, the pollen might go all over their face and their body and then they sort of just like brush it off and then they put it into the pollen baskets and that's how they take it back to the hive. So it's in these little balls by the time it gets back to the hive and then they can just pop it into the cells. <laughs> oh, they're all like little red riding hood with their baskets full of goodies. brain doesn't take in this amount of information in one session. Um, anyway, <laughs> thank you very much, oh wise one. Oh. And um, I'm going. Yes, I'm going to go and retire to my Have bed. Have a nice little sleep in your little bed and sweet bee dreams. I'm going to imagine as I go to my bed to lie down that I'm in a little queen oh. cup. I love you. I love you. Bye. 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 Queen Bees is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks. It is produced by Claire Broughton and Andy Goddard and partly recorded at the Hives on my allotment near Crouch End in London. Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy Mae Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Queen Bees Pod for pictures and videos from the Hive. Queen Bees is a hat-trick podcast.